the major key is, is that you invite people to pray to these holy people, men and women, to intercede for us. We have to pray to them individually. And part of, I think, part of what I write in these things is inviting people to, to pray, inviting people to just to have that faith. Welcome to Sharing Our Mariness Stories. I'm Gabby Bebo. Those of you who are regular listeners will notice that um, I'm introducing our podcast solo today, and that is because Patty Garrett, who has been my co-host for the past five years or so since we started this podcast, recently retired from her position at NACMIS. And so we're very um, happy for Patty and grateful for her service to NACMIS. We miss her on the podcast, um, but you won't have to wait too long before hearing from her again because right after Patty left or right before she left her position here, she and I sat down for a podcast interview and we actually interviewed each other um, about our time at NACMIS, um, things coming up in the future. So that will be our next podcast episode, uh, so stay tuned for that in, in the next month or two. But in the meantime, I am so pleased to be able to share with you this interview that I did last month with Brother David Betts, who is a Marianist brother currently living in Dayton, Ohio, who is the uh, promoter of the Marianist Saints here in the United States. So his role is to educate people about the Marianist saints, which technically none of our Marianist holy people have been canonized, but our Marianist blesseds, venerables, servants of God, um, and others who are in the road to sainthood. So it's a really interesting conversation. He talks a lot about his job as the promoter of saints, speaks about some saints in particular because uh, there's quite a few of them. And most people, I think, don't know about the lesser known ones. So it's very interesting to hear him talk about that. Um, and I think many of you will enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Brother David Betts. My name is Brother David Betts. Uh, I've been a religious now since officially since 1986, so approximately 37 years. I presently live here in Dayton, Ohio. I am the assistant director to our healthcare community at St. Leonard's. Uh, I've been working with our healthcare community since November 1st, 2021. But I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, and raised with six other siblings, uh, good German Serbian family. <laughs> so. Thank you. So you have this work at the Brothers Healthcare Center, as you mentioned, but you have another job as well, which is the reason that um, I asked you to come talk to us today. So could you share a little bit about what that job is? 
Well, I'm presently considered the promoter of our Marianist saints here in the United States. This I was approached by the assistant for religious life, and ever since um, Paul Landolfi passed, because Paul Landolfi was the promoter of the saints here in the United States for quite some time. And when he passed, they approached me, and I said, why not? Which I was really surprised. I said, why not? <laughs> because I was not too much of a follower of saints, but this gave, this was a challenge, and this gave me an opportunity to do what I needed to do to educate myself about saints and the process of canonization and various other things associated with it. So what's involved with being a promoter of marrying a saint? What, what do you do specifically in this job? Well, part of my job is to make sure that the saints are out there here in the United States and through various ways. Um, one way is what I write in the family online, which is what we call a Marianist moment. And this is an opportunity to share the good news about our Marianist saints. Uh, that's the predominant mode that I use. Um, I'm in conversation, of course, with a small committee in St. Louis to try to create ways to invite younger people to be involved with uh, getting to know our saints better. So I do try to do some collaborating with Father Oscar. I'm collaborating, hopefully, with NACMIS in some ways to, um, to promote the saints at this present time. Um, I work with also Father Al McMenemy has been very interested in this work as well uh, because he's approached me with a possible miracle, possible, you know, of somebody being healed from uh, from cancer, a young a young man. But uh, at that present time, that's on hold at this present time. So. You mentioned before that you didn't know very much about the Marina Saints before you were asked to be the promoter of saints in the U.S. So what is some of the learning you've had to do since then? Well, I had to understand who our Marina Saints were. You know, at this present time, we have approximately 16 people in what we call on the road to sainthood. <laughs> and uh, most of them are mostly... European, of course, our founders. You have Father Shamanad, who's now blessed, and Mother Adele, who's blessed, and of course the Marianist martyrs from this, most of them from the Spanish Civil War, and uh, Father Jacob Gop from the time of the Nazi regime. And so, it was an opportunity for me just to investigate and try to find what I can know more about them. Now, of course, we, we know more about our founders because they, they were profuse writers. They were lots of letters about who they were and what they were about and uh, how we came about the family of Mary. And so for our founders, it was, it was much more easier. But of course, the later saints, the Marianist martyrs and some of the ones who are now venerable and a servant of God, because a lot of the material is in Spanish or another foreign language. And my capacity for language is very poor. <laughs> it's not something that I really have has been a skill of mine. So 
for me, it's been a little harder. I have to find things that have been in English, which we have some material in English, but we still, a lot of the stuff that is being written even today is still in either Spanish or French. And maybe I put a plea out there to some of any members of our family of Mary here in the United States who would be willing to help with calling, contacting NACMIS to help translate some of this material, especially on our saints. It would be great, a great help to me and a great help to, to the promotion of the saints. So that's part of the challenge has been for me. So in this process of learning, were there any Marianist saints, blessed, venerables, etc., that you didn't know about, but who you discovered and now you feel a particular affinity for or affection for? Well, I well, that's a that's a good question because I I have to th- think about that and um, you know I knowing who I am and try to figure out what is important, especially for people who are marginalized and outcast, and you know to gain a greater awareness of what our especially our founders done with those who people the people who were marginalized, um, the chimney sweeps even women still at the, after the French Revolution and the poor. So we, that has helped me to understand the need, even in this world today, the importance of assisting those who, who feel they don't belong. And I think our founders helped that. Now, it's a challenge for me because I don't know a lot about our martyrs. A lot of them were educators. A lot of them were working in the schools in, in during the Spanish Civil War or before that. And of course, the government there had just was very anti-Catholic. And anybody who, you know, who worked for the Catholic Church was was targeted, very much so. And so, I still have to figure out who they are about in my life, and what that means. And it's, it's an ongoing process. I think for anybody who wants to investigate the saints, it's an ongoing process in trying to understand who, what's important for them and how their lives speak to our lives. Who would you say are some of the lesser known saints that you think people probably don't know about or never heard of? Well, I think some of the, the saints that are now involved with the beginnings processes are, I think, probably one of our some of our lesser known. The, the uh, venerables, other than Marie Therese, you have uh, Faustino, who's a young sixteen year who was a young sixteen year old, and uh, I know certain countries like in Spain or even in Africa, they have what they call Faustino groups for to work with the youth, because he was such a you know, young person. He was very into the the rosary, and I think. If they under, I think the young people understand the importance of prayer, and they probably good chance to look at Faustino as a possible avenue towards assisting in in prayer. And his Marianist connection was that he went to a Marianist school. school when he was a student. Yes, very much so. And he wanted to become a religious, so they identified him as sort of an aspirant to the religious community. But because of the illness that took him at a young age, but he was a very he was considered a holy person. And that's the reason why one of our former 
Superior Generals Jose Maria Salaveri was a, has been a was a, promote, a major promoter of Faustino. But if you look at these other other people who are here, this Dominic Lazaro who and this venerable who recently just became venerable Vincent Lopez de Llorada, uh, educators, primary educators, and very influential in the education system in, in Spain. And so there, these are the newer people. There's Brother Miguel Caroga, who was killed down in Colombia. He was supposedly defending some workers, paramilitary group. But again, another young man. He was only in his 20s. He was 26 when he, he was murdered. And then the most recent, they're trying to seek in Abidjan, Ivory Coast, to open his cause. They're trying to approach the bishop. His name is Father Raymond Halter. Frenchman who was a longtime missionary in the Western Africa. The most recent word was that they're trying to write to the Bishop of Abidjan to consider opening his cause. Usually the causes have to be opened in the places where either they died or where they ministered for a long time. I believe, like for example, Father Raymond ministered and died in Abidjan because his, his gravesite is in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. And so you have to approach the ordinary or the bit local bishop of the area. So, for example, Father Shanama, they approached Bordeaux. Mother Adele, they had to approach the bishop in Agen. So in Caroga, for Miguel Carogo's concern, they have to approach the bishop of the diocese in Colombia. So now that we're on the topic, could you say more about the process of canonization? So... First, you have to approach the local ordinary to introduce the cause. Mm -hmm. And you have to develop what they call a positio, P-O-S-I-T-I-O, which is a position paper. And that position paper has to be investigated. You have to approach people who may have known the individual if the person was more recent or through various letters or various other documentation that can let you know what this person was about and how he lived his life of holiness. So that's a lot of work and a lot of effort to go into those finding that, you know, and sometimes there's too much, you know, Shamanad had a lot of paperwork. Mother Dell, not as much, but still she wrote. So, and so you just really have to investigate and it takes time. And so the first stage is to gather this information and to approach the local bishop and say, this is what we have. This is what, would you be interested in pursuing this? And if the bishop says, yes, let's, let's move forward. It's always ongoing information, ongoing gathering of information and documentation for, because Rome wants it. And then the, after that first investigation paperwork, and the, if the bishop says, yes, they'll pursue it. And it moves towards the next, they send it to Rome to investigate more. And then the first level servant of God, where they just identify, yeah, we believe this person has been led a good life and I think we he could be he or she could be called servant of God. And then more investigation, uh, more documents, more witness you know, interviewing witnesses if there's witnesses still available. Um, and then they declare the veracity of the virtues. And that because that when you declare the veracity, that means you become venerable. Now, those two first steps, you really don't need any miracles. <laughs> it's the next two steps that you need miracles. All right. The term beatification in order to become a blessed 
at least one miracle has to be attained. Again, lots of investigation. You have to call in doctors, make sure it wasn't cured through the process of medical science, that this was done extraordinary. Um, the only thing that's changed in that, if you're a martyr, the martyrs can be declared beatified or blessed without that first, as long as their life has exemplified that they died for the faith. So, so you don't need, you just, as long as that, that Rome believes that they died for the faith and their life exemplified that, they can move on to beatification. But normal person like Father Shamanad, who died of older age and natural causes, you have to have at least one miracle. And uh, for Father Shama, it was, I think, I believe, a miracle in, in, in South America. And then, again, at Mother Dell, they had a, a single miracle, one of our Marian sisters in Italy, who, who was cured of her, her cancer, type of cancer. And then, sainthood, canonization, you need a second miracle. Part of this whole process is, is, is in, you were invited to prayer. That's the key. That's one of the keys, the major keys, is that you invite people to pray to these holy people, men and women, to intercede for us. You know, our great intercessor of who we are as Marianists is our Mary. You know, she, you know, she, she's had many sightings throughout the history, the ages, and through her intercession, a lot of miracles have taken place. And she's been, you know, a lot of people have been beneficiaries of, of who she is. And... Uh, but again, that's the way we have to do with the saints, these holy people. We have to pray to them individually. Granted, some of these martyrs of our Marianist martyrs have been beatified as a group in a group, but still you have to pray individually to each, each person to try to get that intercession. <laughs> and part of, I think, part of what I write in these things is inviting people to, to pray, inviting people to just to have that faith. So just to clarify, all the Marianist blesseds are either martyrs or Adele and Shamanad, correct? Yes, okay. yes. So That's we have, you have Father Shamanad, Mother Adele, and then you have Carlos Arana, Hazel Hita, Fidel Fudio, Jacob Gop, Miguel Libar, Florencio Arnaith, Joaquin Ochoa, and Sabina Ayastoy. So that's 10. We have 10 people who are beatified. I mean, this process takes a long time. Shamanad's cause was open, I think, in what, like the 1920s or early 20th century? Yeah, he died in 1850. The cause didn't probably open until, as you said, in the early 20th century. And here it is, <clears throat> 2000 was when he was finally beatified. You know, Adele, again, Adele, 1828. Cause may have been started again in the early 20th century or even later, 19th century. Again, beatified not till 2008. I forget, 2018. 18. 2018. So that's only been five years. So, yeah. so and some, yeah, it's a long process for a number of people. But then, of course, you know, some people have been, it happens quickly. Look at some of uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Hers happened quickly. Uh, John the Twenty Third was considered, even though he died in the early six, late early sixties, that was awfully quick, between nineteen sixty three or nineteen sixty two, and when he was 
sainted, canonized just recently. Now, are there people in your life that you've encountered, they could be living or dead, that you've thought, wow, that person is a saint? Well, I, you know, if you look at, you know, a lot of the people in our lives that we look at today sometimes are, would ne- will never be that canonized or never be blessed, but the role models in our life. And I think my mother was a very key. My mother was unconditional in her love. And I think that's very important. A person who was willing to go beyond herself. She was a nurse, and so she was in a caring pr- profession. And she went beyond what was expected of her to be that unconditional person. If I look at other people, I look at people like Mike Elizabeth, who was my spiritual director for seven years when I was a temporary professed. Wonderful, wonderful gentleman, very kind, compassionate, willing to be accepting of who I was in my journey. And that's that's somebody you have to look upon as a saintly person. Speaking of Mike Lisbeth, who was a Marianist priest that died a handful of years ago here in Dayton, do you know, are there any members of the Marianist family that might have their cause introduced? Like, are there anybody who's part of the Marianist family, brothers, sisters, lay people, that are in the conversation that their cause might be introduced from the United States? That's that's interesting because I I posed that question to in a mannerist moment several years ago. I said I invited people, but for some reason there was not many responses. I said, who could you identify in the United States? Because at this present time, most of the saints we have are European or South American. One South American, but the rest are European. So what could who 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 could be identified as that possibility to enter this process, knowing the artist? <laughs> <laughs> task it is. Um, and I, you know, I look at people like Joe, Joseph, Joseph Stefanelli. I look at people like uh, Steve Tudis. Uh, I look at uh, Audrey Butner. Mm-hmm. I look at people who, who, who engaged in their ministry and their mission very much so, and who could be possible, possible people who would, somebody would say somebody like Leo Murray, who, who, who was one of our brothers who, who was our, who lived in Ireland for a long, for a number of years and died in Ireland, who was very in, in tune to the needs of the people there. And also, I think he was involved with Pax Christi as well. So somebody like Leo Murray, um, those type of people really come to my mind. Another name I've heard is Brother John Sainal, who lived on this property a long time ago. I think he was blind, right? And he lived at the novitiate. Yes, he was blind for, I don't know if he was blind from birth, but he was blind. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I lived with him when during my novitiate. And, and so he was there. He used to, he had a chicken coop on the property here. And so he was very involved. And a lot of stuff here on the property during his life. Well, I thank you so much for talking to us. And I think our listeners will really enjoy the things you've shared and and learned so much from you. So thank you. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Sharing Our Mariness Stories. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. Um, It will continue into the future, even though Patty won't be here. um, We will continue to be producing this podcast, and we appreciate you listening um, and for telling your friends and community members about it. If you would like to know more about the Marianist Saints, you can go to the NACMAS website at nacmas.org. That's N-A-C-M-S dot org. We have books about some of the saints. We have some online free resources about the saints. There's plenty to learn. You can also sign up for the Family Online newsletter. That's a monthly newsletter that comes out that uh, Brother David mentions. He writes a Marianist moment each month for that that talks about the Marianist saints. So you can sign up for that if you go to marianist.com. That should be on the front page. You can put in your email and you can learn every month something new about the saints. So thank you all again for listening. We hope you have a happy spring.